Good morning, everyone. Indeed, the day has arrived, and as Rob said, no, it's not the day of little baby making its way into this world. Hopefully, that will be this week. Hopefully, you won't see us next week, um, because we'll be in a hospital somewhere or at home getting used to our little baby, boy or girl. We don't know what it is. Anyway, we are excited today because this discipleship sermon series that we are about to embark on has arrived. We have been praying about this sermon series for months. We have been so excited about planning this sermon series because we are so expectant of what God is going to do through it in these next nine weeks. We are so excited about how God is going to transform this church, each and every one of us, more into his likeness. I want you to feel that with me. I want you to feel that excitement as we embark on this nine-week apprenticeship to Jesus framework, if you will, or this tool that we're going to be using. We cannot wait for what God is going to do. Now, today, I'm going to sort of overview what it says on the screen, this journey into our apprenticeship to Jesus, a journey that will take us deeper into an understanding of who Jesus is. Our heads will be consumed with Jesus. And because our heads are consumed with Jesus, that will translate down to our hearts and we will fall more in love with who he is and the purposes that he has for our lives. And because of our hearts being flooded with a love for Jesus, we will just naturally want others to know of him reaching into our communities. Now, the bread and butter stuff that will happen will happen here on a Sunday. Please, the next nine weeks, as much as you can, commit to being here so you get the overall flow of what we're doing. However, the majority of the work that we will do on this framework, on this tool, as we endeavour to apprentice to Jesus, will be done in our missional communities and small groups. I know that from the front we talk a lot about you being a part of a community. And today I just want to encourage you again. You will miss out on the majority of outworking your apprenticeship to Jesus in this way, in this tool, in this framework, if you're not plugged into an MC or a small group. So even if it's just for these nine weeks... Just get alongside one. Get alongside one, see what it is like to be in community and see what it is like to journey further into an apprenticeship to Jesus, further in love with Jesus. The MCs, the small groups, they're listed on our website. There's a little flyer in the foyer with them all on when they meet. The leaders' names are there. Speak to them. Ask them if you can get involved in what they're doing over these next nine weeks. Let me just pray, because I want to pray a blessing over this sermon series. It is that it is as transforming as we expect it will be. And then we'll delve into our text this morning. Father, I just ask that you bless all the work that we're going to do in these nine weeks. Lord, fundamentally, I ask that we grow more into your likeness. That as we are with you, Lord, 
that we become like you. And because, Lord, we become like you, all we want to do is go and do what you did, Lord. Will you transform our head, our hearts, and our hands into your likeness? Amen. So today, this journey that we're going to go on, we're going to look at four stages. And I think these four stages are in this text that we had read to us this morning from the Bible. We're going to go through what it looks like to be an onlooker of Jesus. We're going to look at what it looks like to be an inquirer of who Jesus is. We're then going to look at what it takes for us to become a believer in the person of Jesus Christ. And then because of us believing in the risen Saviour, what it looks like for us to journey into the final stage of apprenticeship to him. That's where we're going. But let's just picture the scene for a moment. We're in Matthew 15, and loads has happened up to this point in Matthew. Jesus has come, and he has proclaimed that the kingdom of God is near. And he's proclaimed the kingdom of God is near in him. That he, by coming onto this earth, has drawn people together, has drawn the kingdom closer here on earth. He, God's son, has come. And not only is he proclaiming the good news of him and his salvation, he is preaching, healing, casting out demons, raising people from the dead, calling individuals to follow him and become his apprentices. He's creating somewhat of a stir. And no wonder the crowds are drawn to him. And that's where we start our passage today. It says this, verse 29. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him. We all know that individuals within the crowd, looking onto whatever the crowd is gathering for, have different levels of interest in whatever they are on looking to. We as a family, my sister and I and our parents, when I was about 12, my sister was about 14, we went to Madeira on a family holiday. And we got there, had a lovely time, and then one day when we were in the town, we saw these posters for this band that I had never heard of who was playing on the kind of promenade front in Madeira. UB40. You should have seen my dad's face. My, my mum's called Karen. Karen, you be 40 are here. To this day, I still don't know whether he knew this already and he planned our holiday to Madeira knowing that they were coming and he just hadn't told my mum or whether it was just a coincidence. We must go, my dad said to us all. Me and my sister turned to each other and we simply were like, who on earth is UB40. We'd never heard of them. Anyway, we rock up at this concert. My dad is so keen that we get there about four o'clock. Didn't start till eight. So we are right at the front of the barriers, literally like front row, standing room for when they were to come on the stage. Anyway, they come on the stage, the crowd behind had gathered. We were most definitely the youngest there by a long way, me and my sister. And my dad loved it. My mom vaguely loved it. Me and my sister were like, really? Are we honestly here? The one song that vaguely rang a bell came on, Red Red Wine, and then that was it for me. About three minutes of pleasure in this whole concert. 
people have different levels of kind of interest in whatever they are onlooking. And I, as the screen says here, I was an onlooker at UB40. I was an onlooker. I'd been kind of dragged to this concert. I kind of wanted to see what it was all about, why my dad got so excited and potentially planned this whole holiday so he could see it. It was kind of like, what's going on? Who are these people? And you can imagine this is what it would have been like 2,000 years ago when we pick up in our reading. This crowd has been following Jesus, been following him for three days as we hear in our text. And you can imagine that Jesus is going along the Sea of Galilee, as it says, and he goes up on a mountainside and the crowds are following him. These crowds of interested people. More than onlookers, as we will come to. But you can imagine that as they're walking along these crowds, they're knocking on people's doors saying, come and see Jesus. Come and see him. He's here. He's in town. And the people behind the doors are kind of like, okay, I've heard his name. I've heard of this guy who is doing these amazing things. Let's go and see what it's all about. Let's go and see who he is. But as they go... They are kind of, they're not changed yet. They themselves, if we go to the next slide, if that's all right, they themselves are kind of fully just themselves. This will make sense as we go through. Their heads, their hands and their hearts are yet to be transformed because they don't necessarily have a connection with Jesus yet. Like me at UB40, I was definitely not transformed by that concert these people, these onlookers, this first stage in our journey to apprenticeship, they are not quite changed yet. They have an appreciation, but nothing has happened yet that they have this sort of prolonged sense of who Jesus is. Yet, this then happens as we continue in our text. So great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled uh, made well, and the lame walking and the blind seeing. You can imagine these onlookers. They're like, hang on. I know that person. I know that person. He was blind and has been for many years. And hang on. He's experienced Jesus and Jesus has healed him. He can now see. I know that person. He has been crippled the whole of his life. He has been unable to walk, yet suddenly, miraculously, this guy, Jesus, who everyone's talking about, has made him well, and he can now walk. These onlookers have seen Jesus' power and authority. They have experienced Jesus' life-transforming work in the lives of others, and even, if it was them, the lives themselves. And a shift happens. A shift happens in their heads and their hearts, which means something is birthed in them. This goes from onlooking at something to wanting to find out more. That is what an inquirer is. Somebody who wants to find out more. This kind of level of imagining this person has, this imagining that they have of who this guy was that people were talking about, has suddenly become impacting in their lives. 
This looking has suddenly become a longing to find out more. This kind of apathy to whoever this guy Jesus was has now become anticipation. They're wanting to see more. They're wanting to know what Jesus will do. Jesus has got their attention. And notice how a little spot kind of appears in their head. A little spot kind of appears in their heart. Something in their head and their heart is starting to be formed. But as we will see, there is much more to go here. But then something happens as we continue on in our text. It says this. They praised the gods of Israel. They praised the God of Israel. These people have seen these miraculous things happening. And then they praise the God of Israel. I mean, honestly, is it surprising? Is it surprising if you've seen people be dramatically healed? Is it surprising that they move from an onlooker to being the next stage in our apprenticeship to Jesus, which is a believer? And they stand there and they praise God. Now, it doesn't say in our text how many of the crowds praise God. But I like to think that they all do. They are all there. They've all moved from being an onlooker to an inquirer to then knowing the life-transforming power of Jesus as they have seen it for themselves. And they have become a believer. Just something has changed which they simply cannot deny. Now for us today, a believer is somebody who knows that they are saved. They are assured of their salvation. They, like it says in John 3.16, know this to be true. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, perish, but have eternal life. They know that they're in, as it were. They know they're in the, t- in the kingdom. They have the ticket. But is there more to it than that? Is there more to it? Because a believer, um, that spot in their head and their heart and now in their hands is starting to grow more. But is it fully consuming their heads, their hands and their hearts yet? No, there is more to it than this. We continue in our text, verse 32. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. Notice that Jesus draws a distinction between two groups of people. The disciples, on the one hand, who are with him, close to him, and then, as it says, these people, or in other words, the crowd. There are the disciples there, and there are the crowd there, these people. The crowd is consisting of onlookers, inquirers, and now believers, because they are praising God for what they have seen. But Jesus is here with this group of disciples. Is there another stage? Yes. 
Yes, there is. This is the stage of apprenticeship. Now, Jesus wasn't the only teacher in that day to have followers. It was not a new thing for a rabbi, a teacher, to have followers. In the Jewish system, people would go and say to a rabbi, I want to follow you, I want to learn from you, I want to live my life as you live your life. And so that rabbi would say, yes, come, follow me. And you will become my apprentice, my disciple. Jesus, as we know, calls these 12 men to him. And these 12 become his apprentices. And they go on this three-year-long journey where they are with Jesus pretty much 24-7. And as they are with Jesus 24-7, they become like him. And because they become like him, they go and do what Jesus did. This is the natural rhythm of why men in particular at that time would go and be a follower of a rabbi. There's this famous rabbinic compliment that says, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. In other words, you are walking so close to your rabbi, following his every move, listening to every bit of teaching and wisdom that he has, that you are physically so close to him that as he's flicking his sandals up, you are getting covered in that dust because your proximity to your master is so close. And that is what Jesus calls us to be. To be with him, be so close to him that we become like him and then we go and do as he did. That is our apprenticeship to Jesus. Now we know that when we are with people long term, we become like them, don't we? Me and Hannah got married nine years ago and I am more like Hannah now than what I was nine years ago. Hannah... The poor thing is more like me now, nine years on, than what she was five years ago or when I met her nine years ago. When you are with somebody so intimately, like a student or an apprentice was like with their teacher, you become like them. That is what we are aiming for. And I want to spend the rest of our time together thinking about what the difference is between a believer and an apprentice. Because Jesus does distinguish between them, his disciples, and those people who have just praised God. In other words, they are believers. So what is the difference? It is this. An apprentice is on a journey, and it is a journey. They are on a journey for their whole lives to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Their whole heads to be fully consumed with Jesus. Their whole hearts to be fully in love with him. Their hands to fully do the work of Jesus in their lives. They are called to whole life surrender to him. This is Mark 8:34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples Interesting, again, the distinction between the two. And said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. 
their whole self surrendered to Jesus. Their whole lives lived like Jesus. Now we need to give the believers in our story a bit of credit. Many of them in the crowd have gone very quickly from being an onlooker to an inquirer, seeing what Jesus has done, and then believe in his message. They haven't yet spent time with him in order to know how their lives should be transformed and how they should live. And that may be the case for many of us. We are recent believers, possibly, and we haven't yet experienced what Jesus is calling us to go on as we journey into his apprenticeship. But let me just draw a few comparisons to try and make it easy for us. A believer will hear a passage of scripture and believe that it is true. A believer will hear a passage of scripture and know of the love of Jesus in their lives and the lives of others. Yet when an apprentice, someone on the journey of apprenticeship to Jesus, hears a passage of scripture, they don't just hear it and think that it's a lovely thing to go and do or to be. They go and live that out under every circumstance. I'm going to choose a few hot topics just because um, I want to really. Let's take tithing, for example. Oh, hang on, he's talking about money. Why is he doing that? Why is he talking about money? A believer will read that it is important for us to tithe our income to the church and think, yeah, this is an important thing that I should do. I will one day endeavour to do that. An apprentice, on the other hand, hears that bit of scripture and knows the importance of living it out, both in their time and in their money. They know the importance of living it out because they are transformed more into his likeness. Let's think about relationships. A believer may know that a passage of scripture says, yeah, we shouldn't commit adultery, we shouldn't sleep together before we're married. Oh, but hang on a minute, that's just for, that's just for them, surely, those other people. No. A believer, as we work into our apprenticeship to Jesus, will know that that is a key part of our apprenticeship to Jesus, that we live a life that is radically different to the society, of what society says that we should be doing. Our priorities... I mentioned missional communities before and said that most of this stuff will be outworked in them. Oh, Simon, I've got a really busy life. I don't really like the people in that community, so I'm not going to go to it. Hang on, no. That may be the attitude of a believer, but no, someone who is wanting to journey on their life in apprenticeship to Jesus prioritises their apprenticeship to Jesus. And part of our priorities of our apprenticeship to Jesus is to be in community with one another. So don't give me excuses. Give Jesus your heart. Give Jesus your head. Give Jesus your hands. A believer knows Jesus, but they haven't put him at the centre of their lives. That's what I was talking about the whole of last week, putting Jesus at the centre of our lives. An apprentice, an apprentice knows 
what that looks like. And that's what this sermon series is about. Putting Jesus at the heart of our lives. And a a believer will have a heart for the least and the lost, but not necessarily act upon it at all times. An apprentice will act upon the least and the lost, enabling them, enabling them to come to know Jesus for themselves. A believer could easily slot into our culture unnoticed. Can an apprentice? No. Their life is so radically different because their whole head, their whole heart, their whole hands are consumed by Jesus. That their life looks radically different. Now becoming an apprentice will transform three areas of our lives. Just go back for me one slide, if that's all right. This is Matthew 22. Someone comes to Jesus and says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. The second is, this is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. Love the Lord with all your heart and your mind. And then love your neighbour as yourself. That is why we are talking about head, heart and hands. Head, a renewing of our minds. Heart, a rebuilding of our character. And our hands, a revitalising of our communities. But this is all a journey. This is all a journey. We move from onlooker to inquirer, to believer and to apprentice. And it doesn't matter at this point where you are on your journey, where you are on that stage of that journey. My prayer for us all is that in this nine weeks, we move a few steps along that journey. If you're an onlooker here today, you've been dragged here by somebody. And like me at my UB40 concert, you kind of not necessarily experienced anything yet. My prayer for you is that you do see Jesus' life and power over you. You experience his love for you so that then you become an inquirer. You lean in. You want to find out more. If you're an inquirer, you're here you know, you're sort of thinking, what does all this mean? But I haven't yet given my life over to the risen Lord Jesus. My prayer for you is during this series that you do that. You step from being an inquirer to becoming a believer. Could I commend Alpha to you if that is you? And if you say, yeah, I'm a believer. I have the tickets. I'm assured of my salvation Have you got the toolbox? Are you living it out? Are you walking and developing and endeavouring to become his apprentice? Giving your whole self, everything of you, to him. I'm not there yet. I am not there yet. My whole head, heart and hands is not fully consumed yet with Jesus. But I'm dev- I am endeavouring on that journey. 
I am prioritizing him in my apprenticeship. He is who I live for. He is who I long for. And I know that he has transformed me. And that can be for you too. That can be for you. My prayer over these next now eight weeks is that you make that transition along the journey wherever you're at. Can I invite the band up, please, as we draw to a close? Um, It's the first week. I am seriously excited about all that this is going to hold for us. Got plenty of different people preaching. You won't just be hearing my voice or Steve's voice. You'll be hearing a number of people's voices on this and their experience of journeying into apprenticeship. But we are at the beginning of this sermon series. And it may seem scary, but you know what? It is a scary thing to give your whole life to the outworking of Jesus Christ. So if you, if you are wanting to say, Lord, I want on this next eight weeks that we have together... I want to get one stage closer to being an apprentice. Or if you think you are kind of already at the edge of apprenticeship, I want to delve deeper into what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus. Wherever you are on that scale, if you want to move one step closer, I want you to stand because I just want to pray over you. If you want that to be your life, you want to move one stage on. Wherever you're at, it doesn't matter where you're at. I just want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, come. Come and rest upon us all who have stood. Lord, wherever we are on our journey, whether we are an onlooker at the moment, may we become an inquirer. If, Lord, we are an inquirer, may we give our lives to you and become a believer. Lord, if we are a believer, may we delve into all that you have for us and commit to being your apprentice here on this earth. Lord, if we are already at that point where we are endeavouring to apprentice to you, may we receive more of you. May our heads our hearts and our hands be more consumed with all that you have. Bless us all. Bless us this morning as we endeavour on that walk. Amen.